All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Gross Mucus Breakfast Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about standing on your hands. Heck yeah. We knew a thing or two about that. Yeah, so handstands are uh, a topic that we've, we've covered a lot in uh, on our YouTube and our website and a few times on the podcast, too. Uh, so, you know, in some respect, you would think that it's kind of like a solved problem, right? Everything anyone would ever need to know about handstands has been covered. But here's the thing about handstands, uh, like a lot of other skills, but handstands, I think it's, it's more apparent than a lot of other things is that there's, there, it's always a process. Mm. Handstands, like when you're in the middle of one is a process of balancing and, you know, staying where you need to be and assessing where you're at and figure out where you need to push a little harder or relax a little more or something, but also the process of learning one and continuing to improve it over time is also a process. It's not a matter of just having the right information or knowing the plan. It's being able to continually be aware, orient to what's going on and figure out what you need to change and what you need to do. So today we're going to talk specifically about that sort of side of learning handstands, not what to do, how to train them, but how to troubleshoot, how to figure out what's uh, stopping your progress or, and, and what to do next. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. I'll lead off with just saying that, you know, I'm not the best hand balancer in the world. Um, spent a lot of time upside down. Uh, if you are looking for some people that we really um, look up to, if you will, Respect, admire. But definitely check out Yuval Avalon. Uh, Yuval on hands. Amazing. Yuri uh, Mommerstein. Stein. Did I say his name wrong? Sorry if I did, Yuri. Uh, he's also great. We've also shared some uh, Brazilian barbecue with him over dinner. That was pretty good. But anyway, uh, there's some really, really fabulous uh, guys to follow in terms of handstands. If you want to get super serious about taking your handstands to the next level. Thing is, with us, though, we've we've helped tons of people uh, over the years, you know. And for us, really, it's getting very comfortable and being upside down, and really just enjoying the process. We've got a huge, very detailed article on a handstand. Uh, just type in GMB Fitness handstand, uh, and it'll pop up. But uh, again, today we're just going to talk about really the process and some things, doesn't matter if you're a beginner, intermediate, if you're tall or whatever. What we're going to be talking about today is really going to come down to just three things. We're going to be talking about safety. We're going to be talking about the actual practice of the handstand. And then also we're going to be talking about not getting frustrated because I've actually found that um, the mental side of the handstand is huge. Um, of course, this is for everything out there, but in particular, uh, the handstand will play havoc with you mentally if you let it. And uh, we're going to talk about how you can not, uh, you know, get caught up in that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, so I mean, first, like to get into some of that, let's let's sort of orient around uh, sort of some of the things that are in that are part of handstand training that I think people don't really recognize. You know, some of like some of the things that make handstands valuable, of course. But I think if you're training them, you already know they're valuable. But let's look at some of the the factors involved that are are not really. Uh, uh, 
accounted for always in the way we look at planning our training and how we're going to practice. Yeah, absolutely. In, in typical, typical fashion, people will look at their workout. Um, you know, you might be looking at like getting your sweat on. You might be looking at building muscle or whatnot. But there are some other factors um, that come into play and things that you can train. Um, by training the handstand, they're actually going to help you and carry over to the other things not just in your training, but in your life. Those things, for example, spatial awareness. Oh, this is a big thing. Um, we're very comfortable walking around. We know what's going on around us. We know, uh, you know where our hands, our fingers, everything is when we're upright and walking. But when we go upside down, literally things you know, turn upside down. And so a lot of people can kind of freak out because they don't have that spatial awareness to understand where their body is in space by practicing the handstand and not only get you comfortable with that, but obviously you're going to be working on balance and full body control. And in this balance, um, not just balance in terms of trying to hold the handstand, but actually moving your body in space because actually just trying to hold a handstand is not really the biggest part of it. The biggest part of the handstand and what needs to be learned is how to actually get into the handstand and get out of the handstand safely and finding the balance to be able to do that. We're also looking at problem solving. When you're upside down, can you adapt to these micro adjustments that need to happen? And so this is really great because by going through the process of learning how to do a handstand, you're also helping yourself uh, to solve these problems. And that can also carry over into life, really, to be honest. Um, so, I mean, yeah. this is a, a thing because people ask us these questions all the time and they send us messages and they say, I can do a handstand, but I just can't hold it. Or right. I can't hold it more than three seconds or something like that. And this is exactly what we're talking about here. Okay. Uh, your entry or your exit might be part of the problem, or it might be that process of adapting uh, your balance as you're trying to hold the position. And adapting isn't like you just you just start adapting. It it yeah. goes back to you know the control. Right. Uh, it goes back to that spatial awareness when you're upside down. Uh, if you if your eyes give you one signal you actually need to do the opposite of what you normally think, right? And these things right. take time and right. training. So for everyone that's like, I can do a handstand. That's not the problem. I just can't hold it. Well, we're trying to help you with that. <laughs> and the thing too about this, and if we're looking even going to a little bit deeper for talking about adapting to these micro adjustments and finding that balance, the other cool thing about a handstand is that you might be able to hold the handstand today and you're comfortable in a particular position. Let's say you have a banana handstand, and there's nothing wrong with a banana handstand. As soon as you start to improve and move towards that straight line, everything is shifting. And so, you know, you can't hold the handstand. And, well, that's because you're having to actually learn a new handstand each and every time that you make these micro adjustments. So, again, problem solving not getting frustrated and, and sticking with the process, things that we're going to be talking about here today, uh, in order to help you at any level of your handstand. Now, the other thing, too, is that um, I'm going to be honest. The handstand, to me, is simply just a trick that's going to allow you to 
it's kind of, to me, it's kind of like the bridge to get you to be able to do other stuff. And so if you've got a handstand, great. Now you can start working on some other fun things. Handstand push-ups, walking on your hands, um, you know, pirouettes on the hands. You know, there's so many different options. And so just look at the handstand as part of the journey uh, to other things if that interests you. Okay. So, uh, yeah, let's kind of get into actually like looking at the training part of it. And I mentioned the three things and frustration can pretty much be number one up on the list. You know, where do you start? All that sort of thing. Again, check out the article. That's where you start. Those are the actual techniques for, for doing the handstand. What we're going to be talking about is, is looking at how you can train it. And frustration is, is the first thing. If you're always focusing on just nailing the handstand, I just want to get the handstand, you're going to get frustrated. The reason why is, as I mentioned earlier, you might have a little bit of a hold one day because you have this banana handstand, but as soon as you start changing it, the duration of the hold is going to change. For example, the banana handstand, you might have been able to hold it for five seconds. If you try and straighten the line, you fall out of it right away. If you get frustrated, you know, damn it, why can't I do it? Well, it actually just spirals. And what's going to happen is the handstand holds are going to get worse and worse and worse as you go. So going into this and understanding that it is what it is, in other words, what did you learn from that particular hold? Um, look at it that way. You're never going to have a bad handstand. That sounds kind of weird, but the reason that I say that is, let's say uh, you're taking video of yourself. When you're working on a handstand and focusing on getting 1% better each day with that, by focusing on a single thing and just saying, okay, today I'm going to work on opening up my shoulders a little bit more. Even if you didn't hold that handstand, as long as your shoulders have improved a little bit, great success. It's great. It's good. You're good to go. You're making improvements. And so rather than focusing simply on that end goal of holding a handstand, if you can break this, break it down and look at a single theme that day, uh, again, it could be something as simple as, like I mentioned before, slightly improving uh, the, the shoulder mobility in terms of having your shoulders open a little bit more. Uh, maybe, for example, just pointing your toes that day. Cool, success. And focus on that, those little tiny things and looking at just 1% each day improvement is going to add up to actually getting the skill of the handstand naturally without frustration. And really that is huge. And um, it can be this way for any skill. We could actually be talking about you know the muscle up or anything. But I like to look at things that way and just look at what did you learn that day And if you focus and do that, you'll never have a bad session ever again. Yeah, it's really important. This is, I think, one of the problems with uh, the fixation on hold time for handstands. Yes. Because what happens pretty often is someone will come to us and they'll say, well, I was able to hold a handstand for five seconds before, and I did what you said in this video, and I could only hold it for three. Right. Therefore, your advice is bad. Exactly. No, 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 no. Yes. We get that all the time. And, yeah. and it, comes back to, it comes back to, you know, the handstand is a finicky thing because, again, you are having to make these adjustments. Anytime you make an adjustment, you know, you are affecting that 
pillar that you're trying to build right. when you're in the hands and you're going to come crashing down. So, you know, those are the things to take into consideration instead of just focusing on the end goal or a particular number. Right. And the thing is, is every adjustment you make, assume that it will reduce your hold time. Yes. That's rarely. That's, that's good to look Any at. Any adjustment you make, if you, if you do, if your if your time, if your hold time does not decrease for at least a couple of attempts, you haven't made any changes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you know, the thing is, if you're good at just seeing how long you can hold a handstand, it's probably better for you to focus more on having a little bit of a banana handstand and, and you can hold that longer. And you know what? It's good enough. But just understand that anytime you make any of these adjustments, it's going to affect the duration of the handstand. And there's nothing wrong with that because again, you know, focusing on those little, getting really good at like the in-between steps uh, to get you there or what's really going to help you um, in the end. And so uh, the other thing too, remember, uh, at least in our case, um, we're training because we want to enjoy it. So yep. if you're doing this and you're like, damn it, I can't do this. This sucks. Oh, okay. Well, you need to do something different to be perfectly honest. You know, yeah, I mean, giving yourself anxiety over your handstand training, it's yeah. probably time to consider maybe there's another goal that you could be focusing on. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's try and enjoy the process. So that's what we're trying to do. And so, you know, I gotta be perfectly honest. The handstand, doing a handstand is not going to change the world. It's not going to solve world hunger. Um, Maybe I don't know if there's a way to do it. That would be fabulous. But but really, let's just look at it for what it is. It's simply a trick, a cool party trick. And unless you're really needing this for your job, then have fun with it. Understand that it should be um, um, a fun thing. Okay. So um, yeah, let's kind of move on. I want to give a little analogy, if you will, and I say this all the time in the seminars and things. I look at a handstand as like surfing. So if any of you, even if you haven't surfed before, you, you can understand this. So look at the handstand as uh, the process of surfing. And so, you know, you wake up, you go to the ocean, and you see the ocean, and you never know what condition the ocean is going to be in that day. And that's your body. So, for example, the ocean, the waves might be rough, you know, might be smooth as glass, and you can't actually surf that day, okay? That's a whole other problem problem into itself. But looking at that state of what's going on with your body and thinking of it as the ocean, well, in order to actually get on your surfboard, you first need to paddle out. Now, that is where we're looking at the setup um, to start to get you out to be able to do the handstand. And so you paddle out there and here comes the wave and you got to get on your board. And even though you get up on your board, doesn't mean that you're actually going to be able to stay there and surf that wave. Each wave is going to be different. Each and every time conditions are different. Timing is going to be different. Um, you might just be slightly off. But the thing is, Similar to the handstand in surfing, if you can set yourself up and if you have a process and kind of a checklist, if you will, of what you know you need to do in order to be successful to stand up on your surfboard, chances are you're going to catch more waves. So that's the same with the handstand. So what am I talking about there is, is always try and have a setup. So first of all, instead of just jumping into the handstand, think about 
where you're placing your hands. Are they in the proper position? Are your arms locked out? How are you kicking up into your handstand? Do you have an exit strategy? In other words, are you comfortable bailing? That's the other thing about surfing. If you're scared of the water, and if you're scared of falling off your board, it's going to be really tough for you to try and catch these waves. So similar to the handstand, have you spent enough time in the water being comfortable being under the water? In other words, working on your bail out of the handstand so that you're not going to come crashing down and hurt yourself. So that's also something very important. So the setup, having the steps to be able to actually get into the handstand, knowing that you have the ability um, to be safe when you bail out of the handstand, and then also simply enjoying the process of doing it and understanding that like surfing, it should be fun. Having that in mind is going to make this a whole lot easier. Now, the other thing that's really cool, and if you've ever surfed, then you'll relate to this. You go out there and you try and catch 20 waves, and maybe you only catch one wave, but that one wave that you caught makes the process all worth it, and the handstand is exactly the same. So even though it might take you 10 attempts to try and get that handstand, if you hold this sucker for like three seconds, oh, it's awesome. And so really, really focus on celebrating that win and understanding that it is a process. It is going to take some time. But when you get into that handstand and you kind of get that float time, really, it's a lot of fun and it makes it worth it. By doing that, then, then you can really start to uh, further, you know, enjoy the process and understand that it is a process. Make sure that you have that bail. Make sure that you have the setup to get into the handstand and make sure that when you're in the handstand and you come out of it, that you enjoy it. And that will just keep you uh, to be able to practice it for as long as you can. So that's kind of really great. It's, uh, you know, a lot of these small details in handstands that we talk about, uh, they contribute so much to the psychology of where your mind is at, which in turn contributes back to the way you're able to physically control your body. So it's, it's actually this feedback loop that you're creating with all of these details and the way that we're saying to think about things. None of this is insignificant mm. because it all contributes together to like, you know, the physical to the mental, to the physical, to the full experience of doing it that lets you be able to control your balance ultimately and hold that handstand, right? So all of these things matter and it's, it's seeing how they, they are a part of a whole together. I think that makes a big difference in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's huge. And, and you know, so many people get so focused on what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Like the actual like techniques and things, which yes, they are important, but like what we're talking about right now is, Look, let's look at the, the big picture. What do you really need to understand in order to have a good practice of that handstand? And so, again, it comes back down to, you know, how to process to follow. And then also working through that fear and, and setting yourself up so that you're very comfortable for when something happens. And so that's just the thing. Um, over the years and teaching so many people during seminars, that's the one major thing is people are scared to be upside down, but they want to learn a handstand. Okay, great. Well, let me help you to get over that fear from day one so that then you can start focusing on uh, really enjoying the process. Because here's the thing. You will fall. 
you're going to fall. So fall a lot. There's no reason to be afraid of it. Just know that you will fall. And what you can do is manage that. Yeah. And here's a reframe actually for that. Um, Not even saying fall. And, And that is because fall typically equates to injury. That's, you know, this image that we have in our minds. Let's instead say bail. If you can just keep it in terms of using the word bail, then that gives you more power, if you will, uh, whenever you're working on your handstand and know that when you actually do fall, it's actually a bail as long as you have the proper knowledge of how to do that. And it just comes down to a cartwheel. So let's talk a little bit about how to like train the handstand. So again, this is just my take on it, the GMB take on it. And so by saying that, it's 100% correct, and there are no other answers, so listen up, everybody. So uh, (laughs) uh, the biggest thing that we need to focus on from the very beginning, and it doesn't matter what level you're at for anything, is what are your limitations? And so this comes down to, for example, do you actually have the necessary wrist um, strength, flexibility? Uh, It's pretty amazing that people, you know, they really want to learn a handstand, and then they try and kick up, you know, they kick up there, they kick up there, they come down like, I don't know why I can't do it. And then they show us their wrist mobility. Their wrists are just not at a point to allow them to be able to get upside down. And so first and foremost, looking at, do you actually have um, the necessary range of motion? Do you have that strength that's going to allow you to start working on the handstand? A lot of people, it's same deal, you know, we say, hey, listen, I think you should focus on your wrists and focus on your shoulders. And they're like, oh, no, 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 I want to do the handstand. You know, I'm like, okay, I get that. Uh, just understand that you are working on the handstand when you're working on your wrist flexibility, your shoulder mobility, as well as uh, strengthening your lower back and your core, because that's going to equate to uh, better control overall in the handstand when you get literally upside down. So, you know, work on fixing that. But it doesn't mean that you can't work on the handstand. Uh, The main thing is working at a level that's going to be good for you. Recently, we had a video that went up uh, on YouTube that I did that addresses these. Are you ready for the handstand? And if you are having trouble even starting the handstand, here's what you can do to help you with that. And it's the things that I'm covering, uh, that we're covering today in this podcast. It's just um, the video version of that. So uh, feel free to check that out. Um, Again, I already mentioned this, but, you know, checking out what your limitations are. And for most people, uh, rather than simply range of motion or a strength issue, it's what I've mentioned already, and that is safety. And so that's why the first thing when you're ready to do all of this is focus on the handstand bail. It's a cartwheel. That's it. The better that you can cartwheel out of a handstand, the safer you're going to be. Now, the interesting thing about this is that uh, typically it's going to be your best side cartwheel. And so you don't actually need to do both cartwheels right and left. Uh, a lot of people ask me that question, but I've just found it's, it's really interesting that the leg that you kick up with for the handstand is going to be typically your best side cartwheel. And so it's great because you'll be working on the kick up to the handstand, which is also focusing on the control. Mind you, you're not even doing the handstand yet. You're just focused on doing a cartwheel. But by kicking up into this cartwheel, uh, you're actually also helping you for the split leg kick up. 
the better you can control the kick up into a handstand, the better you're going to be able to hold. It's not a Hail Mary where you're just throwing your legs up there and just trying to hold it. Nope. Don't even focus on trying to hold anything. First focus on your bail and then focus on the split leg kick up. Do that. And I guarantee you, you will have success with the handstand. You won't have success with the handstand if you simply just try and get upside down and hold it. Because again, you're not going to know how to bail and you're not going to have control in getting into the handstand. Right. And so I, I think it's just really important to emphasize too, uh, like the cartwheel absolutely is the thing. The, the two things that are really important if you're losing your balance in a handstand uh, one Ryan mentions in every seminar that I've ever seen him teach. If you are losing your balance, don't bend your elbows. You'll see people their their entire weight is on their hands and they start losing their balance and they start bending their elbows. Don't do that because your, your straight arms are the thing protecting your head and your neck. So keep your arms straight. Again, think like a cartwheel. The other one is whichever of those legs you're, you're strongest at, just start reaching it towards the ground. Try to find the floor with whichever leg feels most natural. And that is going to, again, take weight off of your hands and away from your head. So safety-wise, what do people say when they're afraid of handstands? I break my neck. Well, if you keep your arms straight and reach either of your legs towards the floor, it's nearly impossible to break your neck now. So this is, this is safety. This is why it's the cartwheel. This is why this bail is what we recommend rather than rolling out or something else, right? Yeah. yeah. Keep the arms straight. Keep, you know, find a way to remove weight from that side of the head by putting one of the legs down. And now you have removed the scariest part of handstands. It's amazing. I'm, it's, it's only natural to want to get as close to the floor as possible when you're falling. It right. feels natural. You want to get small and tuck up, but that is actually the worst thing you can do. And so like just what Andy said, keep your arms straight. And with that being said, you don't need a beautiful cartwheel. It doesn't matter what that cartwheel looks like. It does not. The only thing is to protect your neck, protect your head. So keep your arms straight. If you do that, you're going to be fine. Um, moving into the next thing too is, is wall work, you know, using a wall for the handstand. So many questions on this. So I'm just going to just straight out, just say, um, super simple for me. I want to get you away from the wall as fast as possible. That's it. And that's also why we spend so much time just focusing on the single leg kick up into the handstand without even doing a handstand, but focusing on the single leg kick up and the bail. And the reason why is two reasons. So first that we've already talked about is the fear factor. It's just getting comfortable and, and being in that particular position upside down. Uh, the other thing too, is it actually teaches control and you're not even in the handstand yet. And so by understanding how to kick up into the handstand, you'll find yourself naturally floating and then you can start working towards the handstand. Now, I'm not saying that wall work is bad. Using the wall is necessary, and I think it's very, very good tool for improving your line. But I don't like 
people to just rely on the walls so much. And so there's a couple of ways of doing it. Um, you know, using the wall, for example, in the very beginning to just to get, uh, to improve your kick up as well as to improve your line as well. When you get better and can actually hold the handstand, it's really good for endurance. Uh, the thing that we see is that a lot of people, when they do actually fall out of a handstand, for a couple of reasons, but the main reason is because they don't have the um, the pushing strength, basically a scapular strength to be able to hold the position that is necessary for the handstand. They don't have that endurance strength. So by going to the wall and actually using the wall and holding in the proper position for an extended period of time is going to build that endurance strength that's going to equate to the strength uh, that's going to help you for when you're doing the freestanding handstand. So, um, moving on, what is better facing the wall or facing out? They're both valid, uh, in the very beginning walking, uh, facing, let me, let me get this straight. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I, 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 why not split the difference and do your handstand at 90 degrees to the wall? That's I think this is the compromise solution that everyone's been waiting for. At a 90-degree position, um, great. Uh, I also covered that in the tutorial as well. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> All right, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, it's funny. And the thing is, too, there's so many. Everyone has an opinion on this. Uh, this is just, again, me in trying to get you uh, to be able to work and have fun with your hands. And uh, if you work with a professional hand balancing coach. Oh, it just sounds so funny to say that. Uh, they're going to have you do tons of tons and tons and tons of whatever, the wall, facing the wall, whatever, I don't even know. But thing with us, um, don't sweat it too much. Just uh, try and enjoy the process and try and get away from the wall as soon as possible. 90 degrees. Okay, so facing the wall. So uh, I, I lost my train of thought here. Uh, oh, yes. So in the very beginning, when you start working on the wall, actually um, just having you walk your feet up the wall, I feel is great. Uh, and the reason for that is, again, it's further, uh, it's going to work on further improving your spatial awareness in terms of uh, what's going on as you're in movement. And it's also strengthening your arms and your shoulders as well as your core. And so uh, this is something that I cover in all of the videos and how to do that and, you know, looking at, for example, the breathing, how long you should hold it. All that jazz, you know, is, is in the videos and our article that we have. But, again, that really is, is in the beginning kind of working on the strength portion of it. You can also work on your line. But the thing with that as well, always know how to bail out of it. So uh, in terms of how long to hold anything uh, when you're using a wall, or the handstand, I always say 80% and people are like, what's 80%? Well, it's just basically like, oh, I think I might be at my limit. Okay, good, get out of it. So that's that's kind of like what I suggest for people uh, in terms of 80%. You don't want to hold it until you're just like, oh my God, I'm going to crash. Then it's too late. You're, you're coming down a no and ifs or buts about it. So whenever you, you wait want, until you're about to die, you yeah. might die. Yeah, you're going to <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so in terms of uh, when you're 
when you have your belly facing away from the wall, this is where you can work on practicing your kickups. Uh, just don't bang your foot into the wall when you kick up there. That's not what you want. You want to focus on really uh, addressing the wall with finesse um, for two reasons. You're not going to kick a hole in your wall. Uh, the other thing, too, it's going to help you with control when you're working on a float. Once again, all this is covered in a lot of videos that we have. And again, the other uh, reason I like the wall I mentioned before is because of uh, endurance. So, um, you know, I'd rather have you to be able to stay upside down, you know, in a freestanding line. Um, eventually, that's great if you could do that. But again, like I mentioned, you know, banana handstand is really cool. The thing with me, though, is I want you to try and stay up there as long as you can. So when you're doing a freestanding handstand, it might not look great, okay? You might actually need to, like, have a banana or maybe you straddle your legs a little bit. But I'd rather have you be upside down longer. The longer you can stay upside down, the more time you have to improve your line. And I hope that makes sense what I said. I mean, this can actually be like, I've had people go through the apprenticeship and I've said that and they're like, oh my God, that was mind blowing because it's, you know, they're always on the wall working on their line. Okay, that's great. But if you don't actually have the strength and the stamina, freestanding, even like in a banana handstand to just, stay in that position, you're never going to have the opportunity to improve that line. So rather than trying to just improve your line freestanding, improve your endurance freestanding, and then you can eventually work on your line. Again, I hope that makes sense uh, what I was just trying to say. So. Yeah, well, the, the more time you spend in a live unassisted handstand, the more time you spend yeah adjusting and and having to be aware of your balance and where you are spatially and noticing all of this stuff that gives you more practice experiencing one what it feels like when you're doing it right but two what it feels like when you're about to fail yes and that's it and that's it that's really i think the main the main thing here is I'm going to be honest, you've always got another second in you. Sure. Every single person bails before they've actually held the handstand as long as they could. And, you know, that, me too. You know, I remember doing like one-arm handstands and I'm just like, oh, I think I'm done. And I come down and then I'd be like, I, I, why did I come down? <laughs> but that's a good thing because as long as you're aware of it um, and, and you've done that, uh, freestanding because you get that feeling it's gonna it's gonna work and it's gonna be better. Okay. Let's take this back here. Let's talk a little bit about uh, in GMB. Some of these things we already covered, but I kind of want to go through this little checklist thing here. And so, um, first of all, assess where you're at. How is your bail? That's it. Can you bail? How's your kick up? Doesn't matter what shape you're working on. Uh, even if you're working on straddle handstand, you're working on a stag handstand, even if you're working on the one-arm handstand, I don't give a crap. How is the entry? How is the kick-up? Are you making sure you're going through a little checklist every single time and not just haphazardly kicking up? It's very important. In what direction are your fingers facing? Are your elbow pits fit, uh, turned forward? Do you have scapular elevation? Uh, where is your head? Where are you looking? You know, all these things, even before you start to kick up, are what is going to set you up for success. The other thing, too, that I've mentioned is have a theme to focus on that day. 
you're not just going in there to practice the handstand. You're going there to practice X. For example, today, I'm going to focus on just head position. I'm going to go into my handstand practice today and just focus on uh, my kick up or whatever it is, depending on your level. Uh, focus on that. You're always going to have a good session. So what do you practice on? Well, you practice on what you need to practice. Again, it might not even be a handstand. It might be uh, just walking up the wall and then walking down the wall. Great. Start there. Spend some time with it. Give yourself a good rest after each attempt. And speaking of attempts, don't be like the Energizer Bunny and just keep kicking up. And you fall out and you kick up again and you come out and you kick up again. Nope. Kick up and... If you, if you have to bail, you know, that's your attempt. That's fine. Give yourself a little break. Set up the proper way that you need to set up and then do it again and then take a break. Um, yes, it might take you a little longer to get you through your practice. Are you going to get better this way? Yes, do it that way. Um, so how do you train all this? Start off by prepping. Always make sure that your wrists, your shoulders, uh, are good to go. And this can also mean if you are at a level where you can kind of do a handstand, uh, then that means that your your prep would include bales. It would include a kick-up. It might include, you know, a kick-up on the wall in order to help open up your shoulders. It might include a freestanding handstand. It just depends on where you are. Um, always include that prep. Move into your practice. You're going to work on your main movement Okay, like I mentioned before, if you happen to be at a level where you can do a handstand, then cool. Maybe you're then working on that day um, a straddle handstand. That's your practice, and that is where you want to perform your best and your highest level of the movement, making sure that you give yourself adequate rest in between attempts. Um, yeah, skill acquisition is what we're after. So this isn't where you know, like you're working out and trying to push yourself and um, whatever, okay? Don't be silly with it. Make sure that each and every attempt is beautiful and you have proper rest in order to be able to do that. Uh, here's one way that I think can really help, and this is what has helped me over the years, and this is what I suggest to a lot of people uh, once they get to a level where they're very comfortable with um, using the floor, in other words, freestanding, um, do one attempt on the floor, freestanding, where, whatever level you're at, and then go to the wall immediately and do the same thing on the wall. And then you take a, right, a break. The thing about this is it's, it's really different. Uh, you'll notice the difference right away in what you were doing on the floor compared to what you do on the wall. Then what you can do is take that feedback that you got when you were on the wall and apply it to the next attempt when you do it freestanding. So what you're actually doing is you're coaching yourself by bringing better awareness to what you were doing in the previous attempt. Um, this is a fabulous way to do it. Uh, it also helps too if you happen to use video and you can look at uh, even further what's going on. I used to do this with one-arm handstands. And, you know, to this day, someone has to come to me and want to really improve their handstand in an efficient uh, way that is going to give you great feedback while training by yourself. This is how I suggest doing it. And that's what I do suggest. So you will do 
Again, one thing on the floor freestanding, whatever that might be, and then you'll do the same thing against the wall. Um, immediate feedback. It's wonderful. Uh, don't get frustrated when you're doing this. Remember, it's a process. Uh, we're here to enjoy it. Focus on a single theme that day. Uh, if you get upset at yourself because you weren't able to hold it, then you've got other shit going on in your life that you need to address. Step away from your handstand practice and uh, go do something else, okay? Smoke a joint, whatever. Well, you know, if you're in California, you can't say that in Japan. So uh, we get arrested. But uh, don't let it get to you. Take a breath, step away, focus on what you need to do, and then just repeat it. The other thing, too, is play. Remember that it's not all practice. You can play at any level. Play can be anywhere between, um, you know, let's say working on a different shape of the handstand. It can be instead of just trying to hold it, walking on your hands. It can be um, going back and playing around with a cartwheel, which is the bail, right? So, you know, play. Include some more play in there. Uh, you can finish up then with your push. And so this is the conditioning portion of it. I got to be honest, by the time you get to the push portion of your workout, you should already be pretty exhausted. Um, handstands, leave it all on the table before you get to the push. Um, you know, I remember that I typically would finish up with maybe like one round of something and I was done. And so that could be, for example, holding the handstand for one minute against the wall, you know, scapular elevation, pushing away from the wall, making sure that I was squeezing the entire body, pointing my toes. And then I got out of that minute and I was exhausted because I spent so much time and left everything on the table for, for my practice portion and my play portion. Uh, other thing too is let's say that you're really tired and you know that by going upside down, you're at a level where by going upside down would be uh, unsafe. Uh, use a band. And so you don't even actually have to go upside down. You can use one of those exercise bands uh, that I show in the tutorial videos that we have. I'm holding that up for a minute. That's, that's going to kill you too. So, you know, always just try and focus on the best form possible when you're working on your endurance and working on your strength during a push portion, portion and make sure you're working at a level that's adequate for you that's safe. And really, that's about it. Anything to add to that? No, no, that's, uh, yeah. that's really comprehensive. Yeah. So we can kind of wrap it up uh, just quickly. Again, it's all about safety, making sure that you practice on the movements and also that you enjoy the process. I can't say that enough. Um, focus on your bail. Focus on your kick up. That's it. Okay. How are you kicking up there? And can you get out of it safely? Uh, the wall is great to use for help, but try and get away from the wall as soon as possible. Uh, the floor and the wall can work great together when you practice. Uh, use the floor first, go to the wall. And the other thing is practice, practice, practice. That's it. All right. All right. Thanks so, for listening, everybody. Yeah. If you've listened to this and you have not yet mastered handstands, you need to clean out your ears because we've just solved it. <laughs> right. Of course, that's not true. Remember, it's a process. It takes a lot of practice and Hopefully you can use some of these things we've talked today to help you learn your own process, to help you learn how to, how to use that process and understand where you're at and then make adjustments over time because it does take a lot of time, and, uh, but you can do it. You can get it. All right? Enjoy yourself.
Enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs>